Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now in my early 30s as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, please take my fitness quiz to receive your personalized results on what type of at-home workout is right for you. The link is in the show notes. Also, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend who may find value from the information in this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. It means so much. Thank you. Now back to the show. There are ways in which all of us move throughout the day, and we repeat these movements often. I plan my workouts to include combined movements, movements that require me to cross one leg behind the other as I raise one arm, movements that position my arms and legs in the shape of an X with the same side hand and knee on the ground, and you would think these movements and positions are completely random and unique, right? But they're not, not really. We all perform these movements every day without even realizing. What do you think happens when you're dusting your home and cleaning your showers? As you attempt to reach every nook and cranny, how do you think your body is positioned? You're bending, you're shifting your weight, you're reaching above you, behind you, right? Have you ever knelt on the ground to clean your child's Legos off the ground, but then you notice you missed one three feet away, so you stretch your arm and leg out to pick it off the ground? I'm sure you have. You just never recognized the unique position you were in. These are all called functional movements. I like to plan my workouts with three goals in mind surrounding what is required to achieve functionality because I never want to have to work hard at anything functional, which sounds contradictory because I do challenge myself in my workouts and I challenge you in yours, but I'm talking about a 20-minute 30-minute workout. It's only temporary. Every day, functioning is long-term. I never want to have to work hard at, let's say, getting up on a lily pad to sunbathe off the back of my family's boat. I never want to feel like I'm working to carry the vacuum from the downstairs to the upstairs. I never want to feel like I'm worried about twisting an ankle while playing tag with my kids for five minutes. These moments are reoccurring. They're not temporary. So here are three things I always consider when planning a workout. Number one, flexibility. Number two, strength. We're talking weight training. The fact that I am able to carry five bags of groceries in one hand and my child in the other hand and make it look easy completely impacts my confidence and I'm not willing to give that up. Number three, strength as in core strength. 
this month we had a family wedding weekend outside on this gorgeous lawn overlooking Candlewood Lake and I was chasing my daughter Reese in my dress with bare feet and I was cutting and jumping and sweating of course but we were laughing and having so much fun when I noticed people were staring at us. I mean we were the only ones playing tag but it was also a laid-back wedding so I knew they weren't staring at us because it wasn't something that we should be doing. Maybe it was because Reese looks so cute running in her dress, laughing and falling down just to get back up and do the same thing all over again. But I also think it may have been because I am a mom and I'm sprinting and jumping and cutting and changing directions fast and I'm doing this in a dress, no less. I actually had the energy for it without peeing in my dress actually (laughs) and that makes me feel proud that I can interact with my kids and participate in life leading with high energy and confidence that um, I'm going to keep my clothes dry (laughs) and I can say with complete honesty that one year after Reese was born I could participate in any activity I wanted to without any concerns for whether or not I was physically capable For example, I recently went to Bermuda on my sister-in-law's bachelorette party and we rented this catamaran for the day. Tony, the captain, anchored us outside beside these beautiful caves and asked us if we would like to swim through the caves, climb up to the top and jump. And we're talking about, you know, a 30-foot drop. And I had no hesitation. I said, yes, let's do it. I'm so in. And it was easy for me to navigate over and around these bumpy, slippery surfaces of the cave walls, even after some cocktails, no less. So when you are asked to go for a hike with a friend or to go skiing, snowshoeing, rollerblading, maybe back in the day in your 20s, you were fearless, But now, do you feel held back? And why is that? Is it because you're older now and therefore you're just more experienced, more aware, more capable of making smarter decisions, decisions that will keep you safe? Or is it because you're less active? You're not as strong, nimble, or quick to keep up with your friends on the ski mountain or prevent yourself from falling while you're hiking down a mountain. If you're in your 30s or 40s with these types of concerns now, Imagine your answer when you turn 50 or 60 and you're asked to go snowshoeing. By then, your answer will definitely be, hell no, I can't do that, which is completely false. You absolutely can, but it just requires a little work to maintain a level of health and fitness to be able to feel physically capable to participate in these activities with your friends and family for the rest of your lifetime. And guess what? The more and more you say no, count me out, the more likely your friends and family will stop inviting you to do things. Activities like hiking, paddleboarding, taking an exercise class, with a beautiful ocean view, have become more and more popular since exercise has become more mainstreamed. Of course, exercise has always been known as a way to elevate your level of fitness and lose weight, but now, everywhere you look on social media, you'll find a fitness influencer. You'll find influencers who travel to these magnificent places and hike beautiful mountains with stellar views. 
I think over the last few decades and after COVID, people are just more aware of their health and more motivated to make the most of their lives now to travel more, experience more, to live more for today. That being said, people have gotten more creative with incorporating exercise into an experience or a social event. We've figured out a way to exercise consistently while also making it fun and social. Us Americans, we love to kill two birds with one stone. If you think about it, our grandparents never exercised. And that was only two generations ago. Back then, there were zero awareness around fitness and exercise. Our grandparents walked three miles to work and back. That was their exercise. They cleaned every square inch of their homes more often than we do now, probably. They were gardeners and carpenters. They were doers. And for better or worse, however you look at it, we've come a long way since then. Now we pay people to do things for us so that we can experience more of life. And I think it's just going to continue along the same trajectory. I'm not sure if the pendulum will ever swing back. Exercise will continue to be incorporated as a form of social activity and life experience because that's the case, isn't it? Don't you want to be involved in what all of your friends and family will be doing 10, 20, and 30 years down the road? I think I know you well enough to know that of course you want to be involved and participating in all the things and you can. You just got to keep moving. Keep going. So there's this special test called the sitting rising test. You can measure your combined flexibility and overall strength by how high you score on this test. The test is performed on the ground with your legs crossed. The aim of this test is to stand up from the ground without using your hands, elbows, or knees to stand up. You begin the test on the ground with your legs crossed with 10 points. Once you've stood up, then sat back down to end in the same position you started in, you've completed the test. The goal of the test is to score 10 points. You will lose one point with every additional body part you use to help you stand up and sit down. For example, you lose one point if you use one knee to stand up. You lose two points if you use one knee to stand up and one knee to sit down. You lose four points if you get on all fours to transition to standing. The sitting rising test can be performed at any age. This test is used to measure not only how well you function within your daily life, but it can also be used to measure your life expectancy if you are between the ages of 50 and 80 years old. According to a study in the European Journal of Preventive Cardiology, if you are able to get up off the ground without the help of a knee or a hand, your life expectancy is higher than those who require help to stand. The goal of this test is to score a 10 out of 10 for the rest of your life. This is an assessment tool that's safe and easy to use, and it provides you with a baseline measure of your overall musculoskeletal health, which is essentially a score of your overall flexibility, strength, and functional performance. Functional performance is a measure of how well you can carry a case of water up the stairs or lift the stroller into the trunk with one arm while carrying your baby in the other. And if I know you like I think I do, you're independent. You don't want to have to rely on someone else to help you because you are more than capable. 
So if you are unsure about how to test your overall flexibility and strength, try the sitting rising test. Recognize or even document how easy or difficult it is to do so. Can you stand up and sit down without help of a hand or a knee 10 times in a row? How about 20 times? And over the course of years, continue to self-assess. Try the test again and again and again because a test as easy as this one may easily help you measure a slow decline in your level of fitness that you wouldn't have known was happening otherwise. Or it may confirm all the strength gains and improvements in flexibility you've been making over a span of weeks, months, or even years. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you receive some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper Podcast. Just click the plus button at the top of the Exercise Proper Podcast show page on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review when you scroll to the bottom. See you next time, guys.